Thanks for tuning in to today's Horsewoman podcast. Our show explores women in the horse industry as they share their dreams, challenges, successes. What drives these women? Well, let's find out. Hi, my name is Rose Cushing, and I am the host of today's Horsewoman podcast. Very excited that my guest today is Kelly Williams, and Kelly is a three-day eventing horsewoman, and I know you're going to enjoy getting to know more about her. So, Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Rose. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Um, sure. Well, um, I am, um, I guess I compete primarily in eventing um, and have spent, uh, gosh, I don't know, 20, 30 years doing that. Um, and uh, I have... Uh, competed up through the advanced level, although not, I'm not a regular, <laughs> I'm not a regular at that level, um, uh, and um, I have a really, I would say probably my strongest business uh, right now is really a teaching business um, located in Brookville, Maryland, um, so I do still ride and compete, but I would say I spend most of my time um, teaching lessons and that sort of thing, so. Okay. So, do you teach eventing? I do. Um, I have, I would say, a fairly wide range of students. Um, uh, I would like to say that I focus primarily on eventing, but I also think I focus a lot on teaching my, something that's important to me is teaching riders to be good horse trainers, if that makes sense, right? So, anybody can come to me from, uh, I've had students who are literally walking uh, for a whole lesson right on up to, you know, preliminary and immediate, intermediate level eventing students. Um, and, you know, what I, what I really like to think of myself as is, is an instructor in teaching, teaching people to be good horse trainers versus specifically having to be an event rider. So. Okay, that makes sense. So what drew you to eventing? Um... Gosh, you know, I mean, I think it's just really, uh, it's, it's very fun, right? First and foremost, right, I think we all, um, event writers, are probably drawn to eventing primarily because cross-country is a really big, fun thing to do. Um, and I think the thing that really keeps me going with eventing, because, you know, like I said, I don't spend a ton of time competing at the upper levels anymore. Um, I, uh, I really find it to be a fascinating um a fascinating thing to teach horses to do. So I really, really enjoy bringing young horses along and teaching them how to be cross-country horses and how neat it is that these horses will do such crazy things for us just if you teach them to do it correctly. They do it like they were born to do it. So um, it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very fun and rewarding and entertaining sport in that way because of the relationship you develop with your horse, I think. That makes makes sense too because eventing is is um it's a very challenging sport because you have to be good at at three different disciplines. Right, <laughs> right. Me. Yeah, and the horses have to be very versatile. Um, you know, a good eventing horse, a good phase <coughs> horse is what you know people will say. A horse that can go out and win really does have to excel in all three phases. Um, it's nice for you know students and and a variety of different horses and stuff that they can 
even if maybe you're not amazing at one phase, you can still go out and, and, and do well, reasonably well in an event. And if you're, you know, if you're struggling learning one thing, and, you know, it's, it's nice because you get three chances to ride a compete in the show. So um, it does require a pretty well-rounded <laughs> Right. Is there any one phase of eventing that you like better than another? I think, you know, I think I find the cross-country the most exciting without question um, and probably the most interesting because, uh, because of how, um, how many different sorts of questions we have to ask the horses to do. They have to be brave and they have to be rideable and they have to be, um, you know, they have to really sort of think on their feet. Um, at, at, a, at a pretty pretty good rate of speed, depending on what level you're competing at. Um, so, of course, I would say uh, cross country is my is my most favorite. But um, I do really enjoy. I think my younger self would be would be pretty surprised to hear me say how much I really enjoy the dressage. I and mean, I really I really love teaching them to use their bodies better and stuff like that. So that's also very rewarding. I, almost every eventing person I've ever interviewed thought cross-country was their favorite. You know, I just don't think you can be an event rider if it's not your favorite thing to do. Because I think if anything else is your favorite, that's where you would, you know, you would migrate, you know, a little bit away from the eventing because, um, well, because it's kind of the heart of our sport, I think. That, yeah, and, you know, with, with eventing, um, there isn't really a different kind of uh, discipline that's cross-country by itself, is there? No, no. I think it, I think it would be fun if there was, but <laughs> I think you know steeplechasing might be the closest thing to it. But uh, yeah, we don't have. There's nothing where you could just go do that. That's what you I have was to get through the other things to enjoy your cross country. So yeah, that's what I was thinking because you can do show jumping and you can do dressage without being an eventer, but you can't do cross country. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you, do you start with beginner students, or do you prefer advanced students? I don't. I, I don't start uh, generally with beginner students. Um, I don't lack an interest in it. I just think um, I. Um, I. Uh, I. I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. I think. I think my. Um, intensity for learning goes a little better with more advanced students. So, um, I tend to. I tend to. Um, share the, the teaching with uh, a student of mine who will sort of help with the beginner students and then um, I can pick up from there. So I am happy to do it. It's just one of those things where I think I, um, like I said, I'm a little intense rather than fun when it comes to teaching. So so uh, the, beginning, the beginner students are not really my forte. I can understand that. Um, a lot of people that I know only coach advanced students because they tell me that they're just not not geared for the the beginning students they don't feel like that's uh -huh. what they're best at and so you know that's a good thing because knowing that it puts you in the right spot to do the best that, that you can do exactly exactly and other people are so good with the beginning students and give them such a great foundation so um i appreciate those people as well absolutely do you prefer a particular breed of horse over another one well, I am very partial to thoroughbreds. Um, I every horse I've ever had, save one when I was a kid, is a, has been a thoroughbred. Um, I um, have a little, uh, I could call it a side business, <laughs> I guess. Where I've since I was in college, I get horses off the racetrack and um, retrain them to become something else. Uh, often, event horses, not always. 
Um, and so I really, I, I really just love their, um, I love their personalities and their heart. And um, so, yes, I'm very partial to Thornwoods. Um, I really enjoy, I really enjoy working with them. Do you like American thoroughbreds or, or uh, thoroughbreds born somewhere else? I mean, mostly, I, I would, I'm not, um, I, was, I would say the large majority of the horses I've worked with are American thoroughbreds. Um, I've had, I've had one or two that were not, but I, I mean, I would say um, thoroughbreds in general, but yes, maybe a, a stronger preference uh, for the American thoroughbreds. So your your farm is called a bit better farm. Correct. And yes. Um, it was my parents' farm um, when I was when I was a kid. My parents bought a small farm, um, and so that's actually their farm name. And then my business sort of developed under that name uh, many years ago. So um, we've since moved um, to a new location, but we we brought the farm name along with us. So um, that's where that comes from. I was on your website <clears throat> looking at your farm. It's very beautiful. Thank you. We really, really love it. We have a really, we have a really nice little spot. Um, we're in Montgomery County, Maryland, which is um, generally a fairly urban uh, uh, county, but there's you know nice little pockets of of countryside here and there. And so we just we're very lucky because we're we've got a, a beautiful little piece of of country, not terribly far from you know, from everything else, which is really nice and convenient when it comes to, you know, teaching and students and things like that. It's, it's, we're not out in the middle of nowhere, so we're pretty accessible, but um, we feel like we have a nice little, a nice little haven here. <laughs> well, that's a good, good thing, because in this business, location's very, very important. Yes, yeah, yeah. That was definitely something a very long time ago when I very first considered getting into the horse business that... Um, I was aware of. I grew up in this area and thought, gosh, wouldn't it be nice to be able to be close in enough that you can have a sort of wider accessibility to, um, you know, to, to the people involved, right, students and things like that. Um, and it really has turned out uh, very, very nicely. We're very, I feel very, like we're very central um, to a lot of things, both, both for the people involved but also for the shows that are in the area and things like that. So, do you have a, a particular show that is your favorite? Well, I would say, you know, locally, we have a lot that are very close by. Um, and so um, one show that uh, I work with pretty regularly, I actually um, help uh, on the organizing committee for the classic three-day event at Waradaka, which is just down the road um, from me. Um, and so that's certainly one of my favorite locations to, you know, both uh, compete at, but it's a great schooling location. It's super close to, I mean, it's literally like two-tenths of a mile down the road from me. So, um, and, the, you know, the people that run it are really wonderful and, and try to always produce such a, such a, a, a wonderful um, environment and atmosphere for horses, um, young horses and the upper-level horses, and um, so I really appreciate that. So I'd say probably that's, that's definitely one of my favorite, one of my favorite places to compete in school and all of that. I, don't, I haven't been there, but I've heard that it's a very, very nice show. Yeah, it's really wonderful, and again, it is, we, I think that, uh, as I'm sure all the different horse industries are, I think that the 
the, the, the property owners and the organizers and things like that at all of these shows have got to be so in love with what they're doing because it takes so much work and, you know, time and money and all of those things to, to keep the sport going. And the, the folks over at Wardaka really, um, you know, are no exception to that. They really, they really work hard to, to, to give the competitors a good experience, you know, which is huge. Absolutely. There's nothing easy about putting on an eventing show, I'm sure, because, you know, three different disciplines, three different courses. Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot, you have to have a lot of space, and it's a lot of upkeep, and, yeah. um, you know, just keeping up cross-country courses and stuff is a big, you know, it's a big responsibility and a big expense, so, and they do, they really do a great job with that. Do you help your, your students and clients find the perfect horse? It's one of my favorite things to do, actually. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so I do, you know, I, like I said, I do, I do get horses off the racetrack to retrain and sell, um, and I will often um, help the clients, um, if they have a horse they need to sell, um, help them do that. Um, and beyond that, I just really love helping people find the horse that is just the right horse for them, um, because I think that that's such a... You know, it's such an important part of your experience as a rider. And, and every rider kind of needs different things to help them excel. And every horse kind of has different strengths and weaknesses. And um, I just love to see people. I love to see people on the right horse, you know. So whether that's helping them transition from a horse that's not working for them but can work really well for someone else or helping them find the perfect horse for themselves um, either to you know, develop that we buy a green horse and, and, and help them develop that horse or one that's kind of had some experience because that's what they need because they haven't been, you know, um, up through the levels themselves. It's, um, it's a really fun process. I really, really love to help people find the right ones. I would think that would be really rewarding because when you get your first horse, you think that's your forever horse. But if you're going yeah. to be serious about riding, you're going to get better and better and better and you'll probably outgrow that first horse. Exactly. And, and yeah. maybe your second and your third. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, it depends on, on, you know, what route you wind up taking. But it definitely, um, I think in most horse sports, if you're really if you're really serious about competing, you wind up needing to have more than one horse. Um, right. Because as we all know, the nature of horses is that they're going to get hurt or, you know, something like that is going to happen. So. Um, it's very it's very nice to be able to have uh, more than one, and then certainly as you develop as a rider, the right horse, the description of the right horse can change, you know. Um, and so being able to to know when it's time to do that is also um, sort of an interesting journey, I guess. I would think so. So yeah. you know, the horse industry is a hard industry to make a living. I mean, sure even is. even on a good day. <laughs> so what kind of advice would you offer to folks that are trying to get into this industry as far as how to be long-term successful and, you know, make a living at it? What do you think is important? You know, I think, it's, I think that there's a few things that um, kind of help uh, get you moving in the right direction. I think first and foremost, anybody who's ever talked to me about it, I really want them to understand what you just said. It's a very difficult business to make, a very difficult industry to make a, a successful business in, um, to make a living in. Um, and knowing that, you have to, to some degree, get into it because you love it and 
you love working hard and you're never going to resent that uh, aspect of it. Um, and, uh, you know, because that's what kind of brings you back every day, right? Especially in the beginning of your career as a writer is that you simply, you simply love it. Um, and from there, I think one of the lessons I've learned, um, and I think I'm still learning, uh, is to really follow when it comes to trying to make a business uh, out of it is to follow what you're good at. Um, you know, meaning for me, I got into it uh, because I was a writer and, you know, I wanted to compete at advance and do all these things. And um, I very much, and I did, I did, you know, I did get to achieve those goals and really enjoyed that journey. But that journey ultimately um, was a part of my education, but it's not really a part of who I am as a businesswoman, if that makes sense. What, because what I started to, to understand was that I was, uh, I was much more adept at teaching um, uh, both horses and riders. Um, so as a horse trainer and as a human trainer, um, uh, I was much more adept at that than I was at, you know, being the upper-level competitor that was going to become, you know, like compete internationally and try to compete for the team and do all of those sorts of things. Um, I realized... And that was a kind of a hard realization for me um, to, to say to myself, you know, this is, like, this is who I am. I'm more of a teacher and instructor, and, I'm, and I feel really good about that now, right, because I think I'm very good at it, and I think that is the path that I choose to follow because that is where I will be the most successful. And that, that success comes from both the, the things you're able to produce, whatever that may be, whether you're a competitor or a horse trainer or an instructor or you're a farrier or whatever it is, you know, whatever aspect of the horse industry you choose to get into, um, whatever you're going to be most successful at um, will bring you the most satisfaction, which will keep you coming back, but then it will also be your best chance to be able to make, make a successful business um, because that's what brings people to you. Um, it's because you do something better than other people. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and that's a, I think that's a hard, because I think every single one of us gets into the industry because we love riding horses. You know, that's what we want to do. We want to ride horses. But to me, I feel that I found a way to let horses, let riding and competing horses still be more of my pastime, something I very much enjoy and need um, to do for myself, whereas my business is much more tied up around, um, you know, training horses and teaching lessons. And, and, and that took a little while to figure out, but I think if I could, if, if that's a piece of advice I would, I would give to people is to find the thing that really, that you're good at and that is a feasible um, business plan, you know, something that you can actually make a business out of. Right. Well, I think that's very, very good advice, and, and you can tell that you've had a lot of experience in this field because when you make your horse stuff your business, I had a TV show about horses a long time, and I produced expos, mm-hmm. and, you know, I've done all kinds of stuff. I never had time to ride because I was yeah. too busy doing my business, you know? Yeah. And then when I did have time to ride, it was a very special, wonderful thing, like in the beginning, because it wasn't part of what I did every day for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly a sort of a, an experience. Or, you know, it's very similar to an experience that I went through recently, just having gotten from a place where I didn't really have, like, that one horse that I really was spending time with and, um, and you know, trying to produce and enjoy as, as a, you know, as, 
as a standalone thing that didn't have anything to do with my business. Um, and then in the last few years, I've, you know, I, can't, I, I, I got another horse that is very much my horse, and I very much enjoy, like you said, that, that time is very special. Um, and that's why we started, right? Like, that's yeah. what we yeah. get into this business for. So, so you got to be careful that you don't, you don't, um, you know, step on your enjoyment of the horse and of your time riding and being in the barn and all of those things, because those are very important. At least they are to me. So. And, you know, I think it makes you a better trainer and a better instructor because you remember all the reasons you fell in love with them and that they're not mm-hmm. just tools. They're, they're yes. living, breathing creatures, you know. Yes. I think you yeah, have to have that connection every once in a while so you don't get confused. Yes, I think that's very true. <laughs> I, I mean, really, you know, because in, in the things that I did, you know, they were my business, and by the end of the day, I was tired, and I didn't want to mess with them. But when I did right. make time to mess with them, I realized why I fell in love with it to start with, which made me better at my business. I completely agree. I, I really do. That's exactly that's exactly kind of the place I've come around to. So, yeah. Um. I yeah. Yeah. But it's go ahead. Oh no! I was just gonna say that is. I, I would say you know coming back to the question you asked. That is, I think one of the things that's really hard getting into the business because you do feel you need to you know turn yourself inside out and 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 multiply into six different people to get as much done as possible and so you do start to wear yourself out and you forget you miss those you miss those kind of important pieces so hey y'all this is Lonnie from Mule City Specialty Feeds located in Benson North Carolina it's almost springtime is your horse blooming does your horse have a shiny coat and healthy hooves how much extra time and money are you spending mixing supplements in the feed room when you could be enjoying your horse in the arena or out on the trail then look no further. Mule City Specialty Feeds has a line of equine feeds that delivers maximum nutrition. From your performance horse to your weekend trail horse, our line of maximum nutrition equine feeds offers five different complete balanced formulas that will take you out of the feed room and into the saddle. In addition to equine feeds, we also offer complete feeds for your barnyard pets and livestock. For more details, visit our website at mulecity.com, follow us on Facebook, or give us a call at 1-800-587-9229. And don't forget, Mule City delivers. I have enjoyed talking with you so much today. Is, yeah, me too. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell people, you know, to, to bring them into the horse industry and make them feel confident about it? Um... I don't know. I think we I think we covered sort of my most important points, but you know, that uh, just the idea of really really making sure you you kind of in a sense lead with your heart a little bit as far as keeping yourself um uh, keeping yourself happy to show up. You know what I mean? Because yes. it's it is it's hard otherwise. Yes. Um, and you just got to love, love it. I agree with you on that too. It's because there's there's been times in my life where I kind of resented having to do it, you know. Yeah. And I, especially when I would say, "Man, getting a paycheck from somebody else every Friday sure was a good thing." Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I do know what you mean. So yeah, you just have to remember why you're doing it. That's right. It is. It is. It is what you wanted to do, and um, that and when you can really see it from that perspective. Sometimes I try to remind myself to look back on this like 
I would have looked at myself when I was a kid, you know, like yeah. when I was little, to look at what I'm doing now, I mean, yeah, I couldn't have been happier. I could not have been more pleased. So, Absolutely. <laughs> so I feel like that's a, good, that's a good benchmark to live by. So. Absolutely so. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on my show, and, you know, stay in yeah. touch, and if, if new things come up, you know, reach out, and we'll do another podcast. Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, and as always, listeners, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Our souls wander in similar places. Even though we may not know each other, we touch the same wind, we walk under the same sky, and our hearts wander in the same dreams. We are one. Women, just like you and me. Thank you for listening. <music>